like my dreams out of reach. This pain and all this grief. You see God and you have to speak. Tell him it's crazy in these streets. Feel my pain and it's so deep. Yo, I'm Pastor Phil. Welcome to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets with my great co-host, Pastor Jay and Ruck Boyd on Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 154. Yo, we back with you right here on a Sunday, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Church on the Block, right here, Sirius XM Radio, Holy Culture, with my main man on the mic with me. Give it up. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Pastor Jay. Wait for me, T. I'm going first today. It's your boy, Pastor Jay, on the mic. What's up, y'all? I'm in the building. <laughs> Yo, what's good? This your boy, DJ Ruck. It's happy to be here with you all this Sunday morning. Let's get it. Yeah, we're talking about band questions. This is our next series, our whole series right now, band questions. We're going to talk about some challenging issues that uh, we believe as followers of Christ we need to talk about. And 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 sometimes we got to answer, sometimes we don't. Um, but we want to find what is the is the lane that Christ would have us to live in. So today's question or today's statement is what is the church's response or what is the church scared of with the LGBTQIA plus community? What is the church's response and what has been the church's response? And, and why is that um, so scary? I mean, the reality is perhaps the reality may be that it's, depending on how old you are in this whole game of faith, what your perspective was when you uh, were in church and the teaching that came about hellfire and brimstone, right? Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, which is a whole nother theological perspective on even why the whole, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah happened because of injustice. It didn't even happen around because of, uh, of, of people, uh, as it says, were on fire. It was about a whole issue that they weren't serving the poor. It's a whole kind of crazy situation. When you look at that, and Pastor Jay and I could talk about that and, and, and ruckus, but what is up with your own era? And 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 just start with that. Some history about about that. What did what was it that you guys were taught? What I was taught um, in an era gone by or or still around about LGBTQIA plus community and and all of uh, that quote unquote lifestyle. Those people kind of lifestyle from the church. Yeah. Yeah, this is Pastor Jay, man. Like, I <clears throat> I think it's a simple conversation when you talk about how um, how it's been framed before. Um, and, and even from the, the language, like the, the struggle that we have in finding the right language makes me laugh, right? Because what we do is we, we've had this, this longstanding idea that everything that we have to do about who we accept or who we have as a part of uh, of our churches or part of even a part of our communities, we hinge it on people we accept. Like we understand the social norms. Like it's more about like this is the way things have always been. This is they've always been this way. This is the way we want things to go before you enter into community with us. And then if you enter in community and then we find out that you have stepped outside what we deem to be social norms, then we'll completely excommunicate you from community rather than try to walk with you and try to understand your lifestyle, your way of thinking and what's got you on that road. Um, but I think also we've, hi we've hidden behind biblical and theological principles that most of us have never even studied. Right. Like we try to hide behind like six Bible scriptures in the Bible <laughs> to, to make a whole platform of affirmation about it. That, and most people 
have never studied, maybe even never read those actual passages to know what they say. But we made a whole like idea and theology based off of somebody else told us. And we already know like that that can be dangerous and it has been dangerous. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, what, what about you, Ruckus? Yeah. You know what I was taught about the LGBT the rest of the letters, I can't remember them all, but what I was taught was that lifestyle is wrong. It's not a, it's not what God wants for us. God created men and woman to be together. And if you are doing anything else, then you're going to go to hell. Um, and you don't get to go past go, go straight to hell card. You know, um, I've also in, in a sense was taught by what I've seen was to how we shun that community or not educated enough on that community. Uh, that was not something we discussed in church. You know, it was just something that was just kind of told to you. And there was an expectation in the church. You know, it's fine if you're, you know, if you were, as long as you didn't say out loud or tell everybody you were gay, you can be in a choir, you know, it's, it's a sinful deed. It's sin. And it's probably, it was probably considered one of the worst sins or treat it that way. I mean, the reality is, is that we have such a, uh, um, a, a lack of tolerance around sexual sin. And you stick right there, right? Then everything's plugged into that, right? It's like, it's like that becomes the, the thing that's a champion, whether a young girl gets pregnant, she got to come down the aisle and, and confess all that. I mean, we talked about that with Asia, right? We talked about this thing, but but we choose that, right? With certain things that we choose, they were more comfortable than others. And the things that are uncomfortable, we rather not probe deeper in to examine what is really Christ saying in this, in this. And maybe I don't understand it. You know, a good friend of mine um, um, who's gay and was coming to London Community Church and, you know, with a partner, good friend, man, he support our work and funny, great business guy. You know, he's really sat down with me one time. We don't have breakfast with you. So what do you believe is uh, God's position on being gay? You know, and I was like, and he talked about, he talked about his own counseling and he went to, he went to uh, church in Texas and all that. I said, do you have two heads on your shoulder? <laughs> That's what I said to a friend. You are a human being right? Experiencing human stuff. I am trying to figure out human stuff as a human being, right? And so I have uh, uh, been taught these things. I have to unlearn, right? In, in a context of judgment and condemnation, but learning that you are a human being and you and, 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 and what happened in the church, I believe oftentimes in my experience, it's always around um, gay and lesbian people it's always about sex it's always about the sex piece right when uh, oftentimes that's the farthest thing from even in that relationship right it's a whole other complicated piece so i'm telling them all of this exchange i'm like no you're a human being and he even said this conservative counselor person was like we don't see it as sin it is uh your um you know your dna he, he began to break down some bile and this is like this is like in the in the in the early 2000s like you know nobody was really talking about DNA or really weren't theologically justifying how DNA has been um, uh, uh, oftentimes uh, banned. That's not your DNA. How can that be? Right. Never, never included that in the, in the conversation, man. And so my conversation with him is like, I love you. You're a human being. You create the image of God. You're living your life. You love the Lord. It is 
where you're at and you're conscious of your of your commitment to, with the Lord, even in your relationship with with your partner. Right. And so I think being not able to jam your partner up like any other human being living honestly and faithfully in that other relationship um, is key to me. And oftentimes that's hard things for other Christians to hear and then not be then, well, how, what kind of pastor are you? If, if, that, if that is how you believe, right? Even in hip hop community, hip hop community was major blasting cats, right? Homo thugs and all that kind of stuff, right? And, um, and then you got rappers coming out and it was like, oh, what do we do with this? What do we do with this kind of world, right? So I know that, if you're hearing this on the radio, of course you're hearing it. I mean, uh, you know, seeing it, but in the sense that you are struggling with this, even in your own thoughts ab about this and what you've been taught, I, I challenge you to examine where you where all that came from. And I challenge you to examine what theological uh, uh, word you've adopted in such a way where you may not even have, if somebody pushed you on it, you wouldn't have really a theological ground to stand on. You would borrow other people's messages or borrow other people's statements, but you really wouldn't have really grounds to stand on in the midst of that. Right? I think what, what I really want to challenge people to do is to sit and understand people. Like, are there some people who you could come and say, hey, I don't understand this. This is where I was raised theologically. Help me understand what, what this is. I mean, two guys I knew, um, I don't know if they were, they were partners, but I don't think they got, they were married. This is earlier on. And they said, fellas, it ain't never, never about the sex. It's, you know, they were smoking cigars and they were talking about life. And it was just about, I was like, yo, that's, I thank you for that. Cause thank you for giving me some grace to understand. It's, it's a different level of, of intimacy and connection that's there, right? And so in the midst of our world, can we be comfortable with not having to know it all? Can we be comfortable with the looking through the glass darkly and being like, okay, God, as we always say what Pastor, I always say what Pastor Jay said once before, maybe even in a sermon, but our commitment is, and our commandment from God is to love, right? And are we able, are, are we bold enough to not segregate and and put conditions on that love uh, in the midst of what maybe we've been taught, <laughs> maybe what theology we've adopted? So today, Church on the Block, we're talking about what is the church's experience, history um, with LGBTQ I, A plus, and why, and what is it that we can do about that and awaken people to that? Pastor Jay? Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, Phil, for like, just a lot of good stuff right there. I think the other thing is, I just don't understand why, you know, the difficulty we have with leaning in and learning, that that's the part that, that I really struggle with, because we have a very narrow understanding. Most of the time, it's either, you know, Christians have a problem with like, they go straight to the conversation about gay marriage as if every conversation about people who are experiencing the entire spectrum of sexuality or gender, like, like marriage is the only conversation people are having, right? Like it is a conversation, but it's not the conversation. So my thing is, even before you get to talking about whether or not you feel like marriage is something you can endorse between people of the same gender, how about just how, what it means to include them in, in, in our church bodies, what it means to include people in, in the workings of the church and include people, right? Like in, in areas to love them well, to walk with them as they deal with things, man, like, this is so much deeper for me. It's not really just about like a stance. It's really about what people are experiencing in their lives, the mental toil they go through, the, the struggle. What, what does it mean when a person has to come out? Like those of us who are cis and 
hetero. We don't even understand that conversation of what does it mean to come out, to have to tell somebody that your norm is different and all that that goes in that. And so, man, we have to spend some more time learning. We're so busy condemning, trying to use the Bible to condone our behavior that we're not loving and, and actually sitting and taking the time to learn. And so that's always my posture. We, we agree with that in every other area. Oh, we need to listen well and, and learn and allow the people who are, are in the situation to lead in God. But when it comes to this conversation, we know everything. The Bible's clear. You know, it's like, no, you think the Bible's clear and you're not the final authority on the Bible. So the Bible's not clear, right? The Bible, God is clear, but we don't know because we hear. True. Right? So I just want to, I want to challenge us to, to take more of a listening and learning posture um, that has been the greatest gift for me has have been the opportunity to learn things I would have never understood. And the reason why I press that we say all the letters is because unless we start to understand the continuum that sexuality and gender is actually on, we'll still argue about stuff that the con- and, and not realize that the conversation is far more complex now. We're talking about same-sex marriage and we got people literally changing genders, no longer wanting to be called um, you know, any kind of a, a, a gender or anything and pronouns being completely switched and changed. And so if you can't even handle the fact that there might be a man and a man and a woman and a woman, you're definitely not going to be able to understand all of the other things that are going on. And that's why we got to take the time to listen. And so I just want to push us. Yeah. All I know is that I got to stretch my grammar. I'm like, I'll be on the Zoom calls and people, the pronouns, I'm like, what's a pronoun? What's a pronoun? I'm like, what's a verb? I'd be like going back like, yo, I got it. So just <laughs> just stretching the grammatical lessons of learning. Like, okay, uh, I know what a noun is. People place the thing, right? <laughs> we have the whole breakdown of that. But you're right, Jay. I think creating spaces where there can be dialogue and, 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 and not just to be, again, it's, 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 that, it's that balance of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right, that's the whole push of our conversation band questions, right? If if we're going to truly commit to loving and not loving to only try to convert somebody, I'm loving because I have this other agenda. And then once I get you right, once I get you right, Joe, whoo, it's on and popping. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't necessarily, that's a hidden, that's just bogus. That that motive is just, it's just whacking that context. And I think having dialogue, um, with someone in your community, having dialogue with um, the struggles that um, LGBTQIA plus go through is significant. And I think there is, um, I, 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 you know, there's not, um, uh, it hasn't been an example of grace like that in the church, right, to engage. So therefore, in the midst of that, there's going to be a, a real challenge to uh, hear what you got to say. So uh, creating a way where grace is ex- is given in exchange, then there's a possibility of learning something and being able to uh, to, to to grow from that. Again, it is um, what is what does Andrew Marin say? It says God's job to judge, Christ's job to what is he? How does he break that down? How does he break that down? He breaks yeah. it down. Yeah, Father's job to judge, Christ's job to redeem, and then man's uh, I mean, Holy Spirit is, is to guide and walk with us. And then our job is to love. That's it's what God love. Is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So stop. We stop trying to be God. That's it. Yo, <laughs> you listen to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church on the streets. Channel 154. We'll be right back. Crazy in these streets. Tell this crazy in these streets. 
You listen to Church on the Block, real talk about hip hop, the church and the streets, man. And we're talking about band questions and, and talking about an array of different things to push the church, push believers, push followers of Jesus Christ to think more holistically, more inclusively about the gospel and what is it that Christ really calls us to be and to do. And today's question is, what's up with the church and LGBTQIA plus community? What's up with uh, how we are not uh, 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 being the salt and light that God would have us to be within that community? Uh, and so right now, today, we have a special guest that uh, DJ Ruck is going to introduce. Yo, so this special guest, I want to introduce everyone uh, as a person that's near and dear to my own heart. It is my daughter. Her name is Ari. Um, Welcome. Ari is uh, a part of the LGBTQI community. She doesn't like labels, but she, <laughs> right, right. she decided to be a representative um, as someone who's a part of that community as we have this discussion, because it wouldn't be right otherwise for us to do it without someone. Amen. So thank you, Ari, for joining us. Thank yes, you, Ari. I appreciate you all. <laughs> I appreciated you all for having me and allowing me to share my piece. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yep, yep. So you want to start us off, Ari? Just share with us your journey. Uh, my journey. Um, don't know where to quite start. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my journey right now currently i'm in a same-sex marriage and i would say it took a lot for me to get to this spot and a lot has happened and over the the last few years i, I came out or i really didn't come out <laughs> my parents found out um around 2018 and that was um my first time having experience with a same sex and after my parents found out it's like my whole life turned around after that and it became kind of tricky for me you know um I think prior to them finding out I always felt like um you know the gay life is not something I really wanted to be a part of you know I grew up in a, a family that was pretty religious and didn't look at it as something that was something that was supposed to happen. So I always had the idea in the back of my head, like, it's not okay. And if I'm going to explore it, then I'm going to wait. And then I was a little <laughs> few months to too close to before I left for college. And once I got to college, it, it just continued. It, I think it, it was kind of a domino effect as my family likes to say into a lot of different problems that, you know, we had as a family and I had as an individual. So it's a lot of different stories and <laughs> paths, but I would say right now, this is where I'm at. So that, thank you for that, Ari. Thank you for boldly sharing that. You know what I'm saying? And, and that just tells me right there, ain't nothing just one direction. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just, a mo she just talked about a whole bunch of different things and, and and you, when you enter into relationships and conversation with folks about that's different than yours, LGBTQIA+, it is not just one way. Like, you've got to welcome the totality of the person and all the variables that, they've, that they're in and, 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 and where they discover themselves in that space, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I love, thank you, Ari, for sharing. I love that in your story, you know, you just, you're sharing with us like, oh, like there was some back and forth in yourself. Like, is this right for me? I know what I'm feeling, but I, I also know what I should should be feeling, you know, based on what I've learned. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who needed to hear somebody kind of like, say like it's okay to also wonder on your own like don't let anybody else tell you you know hey if that's how you feel just go for it right like like no you gotta like do your own journey and figure things out for yourself and i just mm-hmm. i just appreciate you being honest about that, that like it wasn't just this is what i'm doing skip that you know like it's like nah, i gotta think about it and that's real so i appreciate you what would you say uh uh ruckus about the journey as a as a dad and as as a family yeah you know for me the journey, you know, I, I watch my kids closely. You know, I, I always like to say my wife is the educated one and she's the book smart one and I'm the street smart one. <laughs> okay, so yeah. where she's going to pay attention to education, I'm going to pay attention to street stuff. And I'm, I'm so we, we got the perfect combination, like, you know, dynamic <laughs> duo there. So it's hard for them to get over on us, you know. And so as, as Ari explained, but we, they we still do. Yeah, they still do, you know, and we went through what we, you know, a rough, a rough patch. And mm-hmm. as she said, the domino effect to to kind of let us know, man, there are some things we need to go back and look at and, and, and seek family therapy around some things. You know, I, I, I would say for me and my for me personally, I felt like God was preparing me for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I have. I have friends that are part of that community and everything is always cool till it hits home. But for me, when it hit home, it was just like, okay, I'm ready for this. You know? And I, and I remember that day uh, when, when we found out and me and my daughter talked, uh, I just reached and grabbed and gave a hug. I I've studied the statistics around suicide in that community and uh, the homelessness uh, uh, in that community and what they go through. And I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not finna let my daughter go through that. I love her too much. God loves her too much. And he, you know, and so let me just embrace her. Now it didn't, doesn't mean it didn't come with challenges, you know, and, and, you know, so that, that's, that's kind of what the journey was like for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I hit you, I, I hear you. Um, everything is everything until it hits the crib. Yeah. You know, and um, what I mean, I would say like like God gives you all that you need, that, you know, to raise your kids. Uh, and then it's tested when they say, no, no, I don't want the broccoli. No, I don't know. OK, so what do I do about that as I'm trying to learn uh, how to raise them up? And so that's great insight. I mean, what would you say to parents? What would you say to other parents? Like you had some some you said some 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 precursor kind of connections that you said prepared you in that way as you look back what would you say to other parents about that you know um what i would tell parents is listen to your kids um invite them one of, one of the things i used to always do and i don't know if it worked much i already can speak on it but i used to always tell my kids i want to give you the space to speak freely to me and openly and honestly but do it in a respectful way Shockingly, I used to always ask Ari, is she gay? You remember that, Ari? I used to always ask. I, I do remember. I do and remember my, a couple of times you asked me, was I gay? <laughs> what was your response to me? 
Are you gay? <laughs> she get. I said, like, are you gay, Iris? She's like, are you gay? She get aggressive with me. You know, do you like boys? You know, but I've always wanted to to let my kids know that I'm safe to talk to. That there ain't nothing you can't tell me in this world that's gonna make me push you away because I love you too much as a dad, as a parent. I love you too much, and so. Um, you know, what I'd say to parents is, listen, give your ch- your kids the opportunity to talk, take your judgments, sit them to the side for a second. It's OK to be honest with them in a respectful way as well. When Ari came out, I told her, I said, hey, this is not the lifestyle I want for you, but it's your life and it's your relationship with God. I'm still trying to work on work on myself and I'm trying to work on getting into heaven myself. I can't work to get myself into heaven and you. I can only work on myself. So my approach was, you know what? I called all my LGBTQIA plus friends and I was like, did I do this right? And some of them just affirmed me and was just like, hey, I wish you were my dad when I came out. And so I may have gotten things wrong along the way. I know I have, you know, but I try my best to let my daughter know I love her. And I'm not I'm not sitting here holding, you know, any weapons to her head to make her say anything or agree with me. But I try my best to let her know I love her and I got her back and I'm going to protect her from anybody and anything that tries to get in her way. Right. Right. And, yeah. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, just like just like a, a father with a child getting married. I want to I want to I'm going to get in your grill, whoever that is about about mm-hmm. that. And, and, and uh, you know, just, a, 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 you know, dating situation, just just the same kind of protection and love for the for your baby, you know, in, in that way. And, um, and and sons included in the midst of that. So so Ari, what is it that you would you would say as a as a, you know, as a follower of Christ and, and, and just in your own journey about like how does the church affect you? Like you talked about your family with religious, but how does that affect you? Um, in your relationship with the Lord, or your 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 challenge to, to with others and their relationship with the Lord, or their 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 judgments with you, I mean, how how does that affect you, or how does that come across with you? Um, I believe coming up in the church, it definitely shaped how I I view the LGBTQ plus community, and um, I just felt like it it was something frowned upon, like something that you you could not do i remember having conversations and i feel like not really with the church um i i can't really recall moments in the church where they they preached about you know homosexuality but mostly moments in my family because due to them still being so religious there's been times where they held their own small gatherings and preach and from those moments i've I felt the the disappointment around like homosexuality and I just felt like you know I'm not about to step right out and say this is me and I want this to be a part of myself I just felt like I'm just gonna bury it as far down as I can and then whenever it comes out it comes out but I hope that you know my family doesn't have to feel that type of disappointment behind it basically I felt like the way it was viewed in a church or the way my family preached about it within a church, it just gave me the perspective of uh, I, I don't have anyone 
you know, who I could really talk to about this or come to about this without making it seem like is negative <laughs> or, you know. So I, I I just feel like with the church, I, I just try to avoid those feelings and those thoughts. And I don't think it became more apparent until later into my life. I, I The relationship I had with God and me and as I matured, I think I cared more about that than that than before, I would say. Yo, let me jump in real quick because um, I'm excited too. Um, so Ari, like, I don't even know how much you know, but um, uh, I also wanted to share that I too have a child who's a part of the LGBTQIA community. Um, my son, Jaden Taylor, actually just jumped on with us. Uh, I have a trans son. Um, who we are walking through uh, the journey currently uh, um, as he uh, transitions to be fully who God created him to be. And we're just excited. And uh, I was hoping he would jump on, and uh, he did. He's not feeling well, so you know what I mean? Y'all excuse the voice and, and be tripping because his voice deep in the mind. Like, don't, don't be tripping. Um, but Taylor, can you just say what's up? Welcome to Church on the Block. I just want people to hear your voice. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Taylor. What's hey. good, Taylor? So, Taylor, can you do us a favor real quick? Ari just shared a little bit about um, her journey um, so far. Would you be willing to share just a little bit about the journey you have? Just a, just, just a few minutes, like, um, of, you know, the journey of, of realizing where you are in your, um, in your gender identity journey and, and what it's been like so far. Just a little bit. Um. A lot when I was younger, I spent a lot of time kind of confused on why I felt more more okay with hanging out with guys. Like everything that I liked had to do with what guys did. I played Beyblades when I was a child. Like I was always hanging out with the boys during recess as a kid. And I was also confused in like who, who I had feelings for. Because I did have feelings for women and I didn't know that other women can have feelings for women. So I was confused and I, I already was telling people that I was a guy as a child, but it just didn't make sense. Um, and then when I got into middle school and I started going through puberty, I started feeling very uncomfortable with my body and how I, the person I was growing to be. So I spent a lot of time doing research on my feelings and if it was normal and if other people went through it. And I did end up finding a lot of other trans people online. And for a long time, I battled with myself as if, like, this isn't me. Like, this is not who I'm supposed to be. This isn't right. Until I came out as lesbian first before telling my parents that I felt like I was a boy. I came out as lesbian. And watching them kind of accept that person first made me feel safe enough to tell them that I might feel like I'm not also in my right body. Like, I feel like I'm not the person that I was born. So I feel like I was okay with telling them that because of their acceptance of me being a lesbian. So once I felt like I was comfortable enough to tell them that, I, I went for it. And they've been very supporting ever since. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Taylor. Appreciate Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we still need you to coach basketball. Um, but the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, um, reality of uh, what we're talking about um, uh, is is how we can live 
comfortably in this uncomfortable, no matter what you might have been taught and raised up in, it's still a reality that is a mystery in who we serve and how we serve the Lord. I do understand this may be a struggle for folks listening, but we're bold enough with these band questions and conversations. We are planning to come back in a few seconds and talk about some hope uh, that uh, these great leaders, great, uh, this young man and young woman are able to break down for those who may be in that position, thinking through that. You know, this is Pastor Phil Church on the block, Pastor Jay and DJ Ruckers. We'll be right back. Holy Culture Radio, Channel One Fifty. Welcome back to Church on the Block. Real talk about hip hop, the church, and the streets. And we are diving into real question band questions band issues really in some regards and today we're talking about lgbtqia plus and what is the church's response to that what is the body of christ the people of god about that and pastor jay hit on the head there is not a scripture you can find that is christ's teaching and saying this christ teaches love and, and it's not as if there were not any lgbtqa plus they may have had the, the, the phrases like that the label like that this is not like something new, like this only just happened in this new century. Nah, this is, folks may have been not as vocal, or they might have been vocal depending on the strength of the community they had, but yo, so don't act like, like, oh, Jesus never dealt with it. No, but how did he do it? How did he engage in it, right? And obviously there's four gospels and there's a lot of theology, um, but there's a reality that, that Christ loved and walked alongside and journeyed. And I think in the midst of that, wanted people to recognize that there's a space for them, right? That there is a space that they can live in. And that space is, is where Christ uh, walked with you on. And there is not a uh, uh, a judgment or condemnation that has oftentimes been taught and oftentimes the way of the church. I think oftentimes when that happens, it creates a way in which it's most comfortable. If I judge this and come this way, I know this is how this goes, right? And so there is so much gray in our in our walk of faith and if you live on the right or the black side or the or the, 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 the this way or that way side then um you have no, then your life is even jacked up because your stuff has never been that way <laughs> your stuff has never been this straight that way or straight this way uh maybe in public but you know at the crib uh it may be a whole other situation so we we want to we want the total humanity expressed of, of, of who we are and our faith and our relationship with God and, and trust God and trust Christ to be real and, and authentic. And uh, like we say that, that um, incarnational in all of our lives, right. To meet us right at that spot. So we have two great guests who are on our show with us, who have been sharing their hearts. Uh, we have Ari, who is DJ Ruckus's awesome daughter. We have Taylor, who is Pastor Jay's son. And we are looking today as we kind of talk through the show, what hope, what nudge of courage or encouragement, um, Taylor or Ari, that you would extend um, to other folks who are coming from maybe families that are that are um, loving the Lord and trying to figure it out, loving the Lord and have a judgmental angle. Um, what would you say? What would you say? Because there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, mental illness, mental, mental challenges when, when folks live in those households that nobody talks about and, and then, you know, causes all kinds of complications with uh, from, from drugs to suicide to runaways to everything. So what would hope would you give someone who's listening so they could be like, OK, I, I, I'm, I, I can see Christ in this. God loves me. And what would you say? The advice I would give to to someone who was going through that journey um, is the first to know that that relationship is your own journey. It's not anyone else's. And it's just the start. 
it is forever. And I would say the relationship with God, do your do your own re- research, find out things for yourself and how you want to grow within your relationship with God and lean not on your own understanding on certain things, you know, do what you have to do to, you know, have that relationship with God. I feel like also if you were in a circumstance like I was and I felt like, you know, my parents might not have the best reaction to this and I might not have the, you know, the best conversation. Um, there are support groups. I think that more and more support groups being available to LGBTQ plus and there are people more online that you can reach out to who can have these conversations with you and who can be more of a guidance for you as you go along that journey. And I feel like as you keep going on it and embracing who you are and realizing again that it is your own journey and no one can take that away from you. I feel like slow steps, I mean, small steps is how you get there. And in the end, you will know like God is love and he will live through you. And that is your own relationship, I believe. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's good. Taylor, drop that knowledge. So uh, my advice, I would say, is remembering that we all have plans in the world. Like God has a plan for every single one of us. And if he didn't have a plan for every single one of us, he wouldn't use us. There's, there's a reason that we're all created in the way that we are. And I feel like God wouldn't create us as the people that we are if he didn't want us to be that way. I don't know if that makes sense. But um, me being a trans man, I always like prayed, scream at night, like trying to figure out why I was created like this. Like, why would you make me go through all this pain just to live the life that I want to live? And it's so that I feel like it's so that I can help other people who are going through this. And I, I'm, I can be an inspiration for kids above, above me and younger than me. Like, I feel like I could be an inspiration. And that's why. God created me to be this person. So he did the same thing for other people. He created you to be uh, the next uh, gay pastor or something like that. Like he get, he made you the person that you are for a certain reason. And I, you just need to remember that. Like no matter who brings you down, there's people who love you and you need to remember that as well. It's, it's going to be a tough battle, but you just got to believe in yourself because you're the only person who could ever help you. That's dope. So, and it takes courage to do that, right? It takes courage, I mean, in a much more lighter way. Uh, as a biracial kid, myself, growing up in the 70s, was like, ooh, who is you? Just touch your hair. That was freaking me out. Like, I'm a dude in the hood, growing up in the projects, going in the hood. I'm like, like, what is this? What does this mean? And so I had to, you know, come in, be comfortable in who I was as a biracial kid, um, assimilated as African-American, because that was a community that accepted me the most. And I, my 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 movement is in that in that vein. So in a much more smaller way, not not comparing apples apples, but in a sense that learning to be comfortable in the skin you're in, right, and 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 who you are. And oftentimes the church, the body of Christ, can't don't do that too well. It's not necessarily a practice of ours to be, uh, you know, accepting people in the skin that they're in and, and identity of who they are, because there are an uncomfortableness with that. Uh, being uncomfortable and <laughs> I got to have an understanding. It's got to be this way and that way. Right. And uh, having to 
journey with people. You know, we, you know, we walk alongside of people. We, 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 we see Christ in people in the midst of, of all of that. God uh, will do what God's going to do and, and loving on people without with that level of an agenda. You know what I'm saying? So that there is a sincere, a sincere um, exchange of, of, of relationship. I mean, Christ walked alongside of folks, man. And in some story scriptures say that, that um, there's not enough volumes that could be broken down, right? Of, of all the things that uh, Christ did engaging in the lives of people. Uh, Ruckus? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would just want to put my, my challenge out there to the church, um, to the people in the church, the people that create the church. Um, I believe that your church has become one of the breeding grounds for homophobia and for hatred towards this community. And, you know, when I start to think about my own issues of, around my own homophobia, I realized that Christ gave me free will to be who I wanted to be. He gave me free will to make my own choices and make my own bad choices and deal with my own consequences. And so in that, I realized that it's not, it's not for me to judge anyone, but it's for me to love everyone. And I believe that is what the church is our responsibility is, is to love everyone. Stop judging this community. Stop hating on this community. And if you need support, my, my daughter Ari said, there's get, you know, go get in some support groups, you know, uh, go talk with some people, go talk with some people from the LGBT community that love God and, and, and get advice and, and seek counsel from everybody. Don't sit and just hold it in. You know, I, I tell this story of me walking down my block one day and I was just distraught about what just, my daughter coming out and not knowing what to do. And uh, a car pulls up and let out a, a group of young people and they look at me and the person driving that car looks at me and say, are you okay? And I said, no, nah, I'm not. My daughter's gay. And that person looks at me and say, mine too. And that was, that was Jonathan. And it has, or Pastor Jay, that was Pastor Jay. It, it, and our journey together from that point, it has strengthened our bond as we've walked through this journey with our wives and our, and our kids so that we can, one, be better, me and him both, be better fathers, better husbands uh, to our kids and to our wives and, and, and talk about this thing biblically. And, and so I'm going to pass the mic to Jay to give you an opportunity to say something. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate you telling that story. I'll never forget that day because it was just a, it was just a, a divine appointment where God was speaking to both of us saying, first of all, you're not alone, which is what we were trying to be able to say to our children. So it was, it was God showing that to us first. You know, and then secondly, it was just like, you know, you can be honest. Like it was T being honest. He could have just said, oh, I'm good. You know how Christians do. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored when I yelled out the window. How you doing? He was like, nah, bro, I'm not good. This is what's going on. And because of his honesty and transparency, we were able to walk together. And I think that that's what the church needs to hear when young people, whoever, folks in our church, you know, they finally have the courage to, to be who God made them to be, to come out as uh, whatever's going on. And we just got to realize, like, this is an opportunity. Like, the more honesty we see, it's a greater opportunity for us to learn to walk alongside, learn how to love, listen well. You know, my son has taught me so much about what it means to listen and learn. I have learned so much. I had very little knowledge about what he was going through. But now, right, like now I have the opportunity when other people come 
and say, hey, my child is going through this or or, with the, or I'm going through it. I can say I'm I myself am a cis hetero guy. So I can't tell you I feel it or understand it, but I can tell you I have learned a lot through relationship. And that's the that's a gift. That's a gift that I don't think we understand. We're so busy being judgmental. We don't we don't take the gifts. And I said on Sunday during my sermon, I just kind of threw it in there as a nugget that like the church has this paradigm that we hold on to that I think we need to challenge. And I was reading a book about gender dysphoria written by Yarhouse. In the book, he talks about how the church, typically what we say is a person has to believe, I mean, behave, excuse me, they have to behave, like act the way we want them to act. Then we want them to believe the way we want them to believe. And then we'll let them belong in our little church group or in our, you know, in our, in our groups. He says that is not the way Jesus works or operates in the New Testament or the church. It's not behavior. It's believing. When you believe that Jesus is the Lord, when you believe that God is, is loves you, then you belong, right? And from there, belonging leads to becoming. And from there, you become a disciple of Christ. It, it's not about right behavior. It's about becoming a Christ-centered person. From wherever you're starting from and wherever you're headed, Jesus wants you to be a representative of the kingdom of God. And so I just want the church to not be about behavior modification, you know, before we say people can belong, right? No, I want us to recognize straight up that people believe they belong and then we walk alongside of them as they become who God wants them to be. So yeah, that's my main challenge, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the part where uh, Pastor Phil would normally drop some bars, but he had to step away for a minute. But I, I think our bars today is love. Love is, is the most powerful tool that you can have. Uh, a friend of, of mine, Jonathan and, and Pastor Phil said, uh, his name is Scott, and he has a, a non-binary transgender son, I believe, or, well, can't say son, but do you remember that the label? Yeah, non-binary trans daughter, because he's yeah. born from male to female. Yes, right. And one of the things he said was he wants to be the most important man in his daughter's life. That's when right. I said that, I'm like, I want to be the most important man in my all of my kids' life, especially right. my daughter Ari. I want her to know, hey, no matter what or who you are, there's no daddy got you. That's real. That's real bars, T. Yeah, man. I mean, we can close bars simply by saying when Jesus is asked the question, if there's one thing I could do, like what's the most important thing for me to do, Jesus? Like if I'm on this earth, what is it? I don't want to mess it up. Like there's a lot of things people telling me to do. What's the one thing I should do? Jesus' response is clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Man, I will tell y'all me and my wife's favorite line as a response to my son, Jaden Taylor. Because of how much I love him, I'd much rather have an alive son than a dead daughter. And what you got to recognize is that love is the center of it all. And that's the bars we drop in a day. Love. Pastor Phil? No doubt. No doubt. Love is what centers our life. And love is what people pursue uh, almost uh, daily, oftentimes avoiding uh, the, the the gift of love and what love does for people, man. Love fills those gaps and those holes. And I think the biggest thing that 
that I want to encourage the church and the body of Christ to do is to be that loving, to be that bold. You don't think that there were times when Christ was in, 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 in his own uh, uh, commitment to love was not, you know, challenged by the teachers of the law and other things like, how do I love this person who's crazy? This is a crazy situation. And, and, and the things that they saying is crazy, but he figured out a way. I mean, he was bold and direct in those particular circles, but even in the midst of that, right. Um, that love was what he stood on. And that's the, the, and the, and the love is what is what broke through. Love is not soft. I mean, love is a verb. Love is powerful. Love must and has to demand uh, an action, a response, you know? So the reality of having um, these two great leaders here, uh, uh, Taylor and, and Ari, bold enough to speak uh, their truth. We want to encourage you as followers of Christ to learn, to stretch yourself, to, to figure out perhaps I don't got it all together. All I, Perhaps I don't understand it all, but I want to trust God in the midst of it. It's like this young boy who was in the house. The house was on fire. It was on fire. Folks had gotten out of the house before he did. And he got to the roof. They were saying, get to the roof, get to the roof, get to the roof, too flat in Chicago. And he got to the roof and was still scared, like 10 year old boy. What do I do? What do I do? And he couldn't see nothing down but smoke and smut and fire. And the father could see a straight shot at him and said, look, jump. Yo, pops, I don't see you. Don't worry. I see you. Jump. Dad, I don't see you. I mean, don't worry about trying to figure it out. Just jump, because I got you. And the boy jumped. Hit the father kind of hard, but he saved his life, and the boy was alive. And I say that to us. God just calls us to jump and to trust in him, not to have it all figured out and dots and everything crossed. And we, we, we too much in our faith, oftentimes are known for, for, for you know, trying to be right than righteous. Let us live for the Lord in a way that's peculiar to others, but makes sense in God's eyes and love in that way. Yo, Pastor Phil, representing Church on the Block with my brothers who are on the mic with me, Pastor Jay, DJ Ruckus, band questions, band statements. Thank you for listening to Church on the Block, real talk about hip-hop, the church, and the streets. Back here next week, same time, same channel, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM Channel 154. Come with us. Tell them it's crazy in these streets If you see God and you're rapping the street